Welcome to the Ether. Today is Friday, February 3rd, 2023. Today on the Ether, Tailwind Launch, Fireside Chat, Part 2. I don't think Part 1 was recorded, and that's how it goes sometimes. Let's take a listen. Good afternoon. Good evening to some of you. Hello. A beautiful day at the corporation. Oh, indeed, indeed. We only have Wonderful. beautiful days at the corporation. Uh, Timmy is multitasking right now, so we're just going to wait a bit, um, and then, actually, Noah, do you want to plug your indexer? <laughs> oh, for sure, yeah, I mean, hey, I built a really cool indexer that um, actually works, as opposed to the other indexers, which almost work, but miss sub-messages, so they can't capture anything that happens when a contract queries or executes a message on another contract, so... Yeah, if you want a contract, a Cosmosm indexer that actually gives you all of the state available, I got you. It's powering, it's powering data and it's powering Tailwind. That's how you see yeah, the price history. Yep, it's amazing. We were trying to index with subquery the CW20 balances for just like voting power modules on data and then realize that with subquery you'll have to like like check the output events for every transaction to see if we can detect like the output events that we log in the execute message response and realize that there's no way from that method to like get the actual total reserves. You have to like literally every transaction increment or decrement a variable and just hope that they like match up. And so because the subquery indexer doesn't capture sub messages, um, that number was just always wrong, basically, because a lot of contracts swap, and it's not always a wallet swap. So basically, any non-wallet action is missed, which is why the indexer was born. Yeah, there's a reason why no project, like barely any project, have a like price indexing. It's actually not an easy problem. And uh, Noah, like Noah's indexer works really well with Cosmosm, uh, so that's why it's so nice to have. Timmy, uh, for you that just joined, Timmy um, is multitasking right now. So um, <laughs> we're just going to wing it for a bit. Um, no, when are you going to launch the indexer as a business for other devs? As a DAO? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I built, I was waiting on, I was blocked on a receipt contract that lets you pay in tokens and then check if someone has paid just kind of like a strike transaction but i built that last like two weeks ago um honestly it's whenever i stop being lazy and just build like a front end to set up api authentication and, and webhook setup stuff um i've 
data has kind of been taking precedent because we are desperately trying to build the features that will allow us to stabilize and earn some revenue to pay for servers that we run um, before we pay for the rent that we have to pay each of us. So grinding out some data features and then indexer is next. I, I think demand from other people will definitely help push that forward if people reach out and are like, hey, I want to use this soon. That would um, definitely light a fire under my ass. But right now, data is taking priority. Noah, I Got hardly, it. Uh, hardly recognized you in the new threads, in the new skin. You're looking fantastic. Oh, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I just, uh, just skinned this up the other day. I wish I had the the, the high-res photo, I think, right now. it's My eyeball is cut off. <laughs> <laughs> Part of the charm. Part yeah. of the charm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sir Ron yeah, I, I'm good to go. Off, so. <laughs> I'm good to go whenever, pal. Yeah, I'm good to go. Let's talk about uh, what we shipped this week first. Um, so this week we shipped support for post-human GLTO and Muse tokens. Um, there's a tweet on it. I don't know how to put it on, Timmy. Is it just the main host can put it on, can pin it? Nope, even speaker should be able to. So yeah, you should, or I can, I can go try and do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll, uh, I'll be your pinner if you want. If you want to just keep talking, I'll try and pin relevant things. Just shout them out to me. Hey, you're amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we shipped that. Um, and you'll see in the tweet that the philosophy behind public launch. So, like, you know, I, I showed this to Noah, Zeke. I showed it to Jake. And basically, Jake just told me to ship it. And, you know, when Jake tells you to ship it, you ship it. Yeah, you just ship it. Yeah, um, and the whole philosophy is that just to get feedback as early as you can, as much as you can, and then turning customer feedback straight into code, um, and that's the that, the approach we're adopting. Okay, it's been thanks, Timmy. Sweet. So what? Uh, I don't know how you're gonna kind of do these if you'll have a set sort of rhythm, but do we get a insight into what's coming in the next week of development, like what we might be playing with next Friday? Yeah, I think um, right now, um, the last two weeks has been just like running operations. It's pretty boring, just page load and um, just doing QA, making sure the message is correct because I don't want to, I don't want to mess up, you know, wallet messages. That's so critical. Um, So safety first, and then we'll get to the fun. And I think for the future roadmap, what I'm really looking at is supporting how you can manage multiple wallets because it's non-custodial. Not everyone has one account, one wallet. Everyone has multiple wallets. And right now it's very messy how people handle um, those things. That's number one. Uh, Number two is better smart contract data um, for normal non-devs. Even for devs, like, like, okay, for example, do you know a main cap on a CW20 is just released? Um, that's something that's not like easy to find in one place. And um, that's like where, where, where I want to go because um, I just want to make it possible for people to see blockchain transactions because p- being public doesn't mean it's accessible. It just means it's out there. Uh, accessibility means like you can view it in like 
half a second or a second if you want to. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Um, that's, and I know like long-term you're planning on going multi-chain, right? Like the focus is on Juno for a while, but this is a very <clears throat> just general like Cosmosm project, right? Yeah. So Juno is like the first permissionless Cosmosm chain. And yep. it, has, it has really good culture that I, I love. And that's why I chose Juno as the first place to be. Um, yeah. But so yes, the, the reason I ask is because one thing that's on our to-do list for Interchain Info and, well, two things that are on our to-do list. One is to try and incorporate and bring attention to everything cool that's already made in the ecosystem. There's no need to like compete or reinvent the wheel. Um, and another thing on our list was to add to certain index pages uh, that had a token attached to them. Uh, a little module towards the bottom that just gave kind of those like nerdy stats. Like it won't be the focus of the page, but things like mint cap, uh, maybe like block height, um, APR, just like a lot of those basic statistics, right? And being able to see that in one place. I would love to just use Tailwind for that and have a little like powered by Tailwind module at the bottom of the applicable pages. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I mean, um, we, you think it would be better for an API or like an I like because like, um, like I don't is it well for the, so uh, it, it's interesting like this is definitely the kind of thing we could absolutely just do on our own all the data is right there on chain, um but if if we can think of like any 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 reason at all that it like makes more sense to maybe go through what you're building so we stay updated with certain things I don't know. Um, then we'd want to do that just for like bringing Tailwind more exposure. Uh, I don't know exactly what that integration would look like, like what you just mentioned. Would that be API or I'm not sure. Because I mean, we, the data is coming straight from the blockchain. So where would tail, <clears throat> Tailwind come into play in that? Well, right now um, I query the RPC directly. So it goes from RPC straight to your browser. Or the second vent, um, the second source of data is Noah's indexer, so it goes straight from the DAO indexer, uh, bas which basically is a um, RPC has an RPC node, and it block by block it adds to the indexer, and I just query that. So it's basically an enhanced RPC almost. I don't know. Am I butchering it? No. Okay. No. Yeah. That's it's running a private RPC node, and it's it's pretty much up to date, plus or minus one block. Yeah, pretty much. So there's maybe like, let's pretend I had to sell my team on this idea. Maybe like the, the benefit would be that we wouldn't have to deal with um, keeping that stuff upgraded, like the tie-in between RPC nodes and any updates that might come to Noah's indexer in future. If you're already handling that, we could just like tap into your results of all that code work uh with like an api would that make sense i might be talking stupid here i'm not sure hmm. honestly i think if you stay in tune for noah noah might i think that sounds like something formulas could do Noah. like i think that's something noah could provide i don't know it's something like tailwind would provide what what specifically are you looking for timmy like yeah so um latest data um I guess like a little bit of both. So uh, I, 
have a list somewhere. I'm not going to go take five minutes to find it. But uh, just like, you know, the goal is to make Interchain Info the kind of go-to place to just learn about something new or refresh yourself or check on something anywhere in the Interchain. So, like, um, you don't see it on our site now, but on the back end, all of the pages have a token field where, you know, Juno Networks page has Juno as a token. And so what we'd like is just to set up a little automated system where um, we take that token, run whatever queries queries are needed, either through RPC or through an API to something like Tailwind. Um, and we just get data that we can put somewhere on that page of things like um, a mission, a mission rate, uh, block current block height, maybe uh, mint cap, uh, like this is the list I was talking about. I can't think yeah. of them all off the top of my head. It's like a general, both historical and recent, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the next would be great for that. Um, specifically historical, but also just for for speed for latest as well. Um, you could go through Tailwind, yeah. but then okay. that would just be kind of bow wrapping the index or API and then serving it to you. So we can, we can talk something yeah. and set that up if you want. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. Sweet. Okay, so actually, is Tailwind going to be like one of the first things incorporating your index, Noah? Yeah. Uh, how like? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Dado, and and then Tailwind is the second one. Tailwind has they have different um, data requirements, so Tailwind is kind of hitting like ranges of blocks. So it's a good test to see like how how it can how sturdy it is basically when it's being hammered for like. 10,000 blocks or something and then data is a lot of like one-off requests like current config of DAO or something and so oh. um, yeah these these first two are kind of battle testing it but. and then for people listening who might be confused about like indexer it's kind of filling the role that like the graph does in other chains right right yeah the indexer it's it's really just yeah. taking the the KV storage that is like the entire Cosmwasm contract state and throwing it in a relational database that's optimized for querying speed as opposed to like blockchain consensus which is like the gotcha. RPC okay, nodes cool. could do this too it's that they're just not optimized for querying data for some reason I think probably eventually this the indexer should really be necessary the blockchain the, the, the nodes would hopefully take care of this themselves or I think maybe Larry mentioned that CISDK would have this kind of built in or something but um mm. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. Well, glad to see the uh, corporate kitty is too busy to respond <laughs> to my DMs, but I'm for spaces. How are we doing, Jake? Or maybe he's too busy for the space and accidentally joined. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm running schemes in the background, so, you know, corporate schemes, obviously. So um, <laughs> I might not be as engaged as I sometimes am. The corporation takes precedence for sure. Yeah, I feel like there's so many Dow Dow schemes. I'm still doing Blue Dow, you know. Um, Tailwind should be the first uh, like child company of the corporation, an umbrella corp. Whoa, where's the where's the mind blown emoji? <laughs> well, I think it might be cool. Um, Maybe next time we do this at the beginning, it's a little late now, but just because I know TerraSpaces is in here recording. Um, these weekly like update things are super cool, but I think we should remember to also just do a 
like base level overview of Tailwind each time for new people that are just turning in because updates mean nothing to them if they don't really know what the, the core product is. Right. Um, okay, the core product. So basically, um, there's all these different protocols on Juno. Um, and, you know, it's hard to say they're all like pressing their own coins or they're all, you know, pushing their own agenda. And there's really no like referee player to really be impartial. And the whole point of Tailwind is that we are that service to be impartial and to show you the protocol's real returns, uh, real dollar returns, not like giant APRs that, you know, give you completely scam coins. And basically it's like an it's like an org, like completely dedicated to your compounding your your um wealth or your wallet, you know. Just like yeah, just like completely devoted to customer well-being instead of you know pushing your their own agenda or their own coin and i'm not saying that that's what most protocols do like most protocols on juno i think are pretty awesome because it's like an early technology and like the best i don't know just like they're really good devs on different stuff but it's like that might not be the case in the future um and this is like something that would be really useful for crypto in general yeah i'm pumped for it and it's it's just a one-man endeavor right now right it's just yourself uh i couldn't have done this without noah to be honest with you um he probably cut my dev time by half um i mean is that and just because that's what i like to hear <laughs> thank you Matt. is that because of the indexer or something else yes yeah, the indexer and i don't think i would have shipped without jake telling me to ship it because um yeah <laughs> honestly um so yeah i think i don't think anything is a one-man endeavor um it's uh definitely a team effort here but i'm maintaining most of it yeah maintaining it's it definitely mostly bow give bow all of the time <laughs> um, bow, do you have any plans for like income off this for yourself or any type of revenue generation or uh, I hesitate to just ask like you're going to have a token because I think there's a lot of different ways you could go about it but yeah um yeah I think that's uh, still up for grabs I think the first thing on the agenda is providing utility and um that's why there's no tokens from the start there's nothing really besides just me shipping um it's going to be building I'm just going to build I've until the key metrics that I set for myself are met. And um, those are all utility-based metrics, like like weekly active usage, basically. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's sort of exactly the same plan we have with like Spark and ICI. You got to like build something and prove it's prove it's kind of worth before you start asking people to pay for it. <laughs> But cool. I wonder, um, I don't think we've touched on it at all today, but I know last week we talked a little bit about like the possibility of. Oh, sorry. I, I clicked, I passed some button to me. No, no worries. Um, of like extending a little bit beyond DeFi to also have some level of like NFT support. 
Am I misremembering? Or is that part of the potential roadmap? I know it's not a focus, but... I think that's an idea that Netta Idols, one of the Netta people, mm-hmm. dropped. Um, it's just... I like to be focused, and, like, NFTs is, like, kind of way out there. Like, um, it's different. Yeah. It's certainly different. It's like a di- It's like a different branch on the roadmap tree right um right it, you know i always consider ideas um you know so yeah that's that's one branch but there's like 50 different branches yeah i, I kind of think i roughly agree with that like you always have the potential to expand to like nfts and stuff later but right now um, i do think it makes sense to stay focused on just like creating a more seamless, easy to use DeFi experience. Yes. And I think Tailwind came sort of out of my experience personally as like a student studying economics and like investing in like public markets. And what people don't realize is that public markets is the most inefficient thing I've ever seen in my life. And like it's, it's not like it's not like these are rational actors doing like crazy you know smart things and like things normal people don't understand it's just like complete chaos and it's very easy to make money if you have basic knowledge like our financial system is controlled by just like a handful of people that i think is not a meritocracy at all um and I think Tailwind really, that's really the context of this is like, I think the best traders should win. Um, the best traders should be given capital to invest. And, you know, with something like crypto where everything is public, you can have like a transaction history and like someone's profitability from the start. And I think like a financial system could be composed from just that, like from good investors um, allocating capital allocating capital efficiently so would it if we're going to get all philosophical would it kind of be accurate to say your overall like goal or or desire with tailwind is to sort of democratize access to decentralized trading and like finance just make it equally approachable for everyone and like same tools kind of yes i think uh yes that is the mission Making it approach for, approachable for everyone doesn't mean that everyone will be a good trader, right? Like, I think the yes. best. Yeah, I think it's that those who like would be a good trader with with Tailwind in the like completeness of your vision, they wouldn't be held back by something arbitrary that they just don't have access to compared to someone else. Right. It's like equal opportunity. Literally, crypto is the most equal opportunity place in the world. Um, because anyone can be have an identity, a wallet, and participate, and you know that's that's how finance be built from you know the ground up. Well, so let me ask. I haven't actually used like Tailwind much, just because I haven't done any swaps on Juno recently. But how are you going to handle uh, trading between pools that don't exist? Like, are you ever going to maybe implement uh, hopping or routing kind of the way Osmosis does? Or is that something you'd more leave up to the decks that you're, oh. like, tapped to? So hopping is already implemented in the first public beta, actually. So 
Um, it just uses Windex multi-hop feature. Um, is okay. Awesome. Okay, because that's like one of the few... I think that's one of the things where uh, it it blows my mind when that's not the default. That's like one of the lowest hanging fruits to uh, like intuitive and easy design. Like I still think one of the biggest possible updates Kepler could make is let you up uh, let you IBC from any chain to any other, and in the background, it's just going to route it to its parent's chain first. Like that confuses noobs so much. And I think it's one reason the feature is hidden, right? Is like, cause people will try and send Evmos that they have on Juno to osmosis or something without sending it back to Evmos first. And if it just had like the auto hop, I, I just love that feature and it's so simple and basic. It blows my mind when it's not included in places. I also might have a faulty understanding of IBC, but I think that makes sense. Yeah, IBC might be a bit more complicated. I'm just routing it on Juno right now. So all win stuff is on Juno. Basically. Totally. Yeah. Actually, a question though, maybe for like Bao and Noah. I, I was having this chat with someone the other day and they weren't, they either weren't getting what I was asking or they weren't super sure or I was just not equipped to understand their answer. But like, I can't do the example I just laid out, right? Like if I have, uh, Evmos on Osmosis, and I try and send it directly to Juno. That token that I'm going to have on Juno, that Evmos token, quote unquote, is like a different token than Evmos that would come from Evmos chain as opposed to Osmosis. Is that correct? Like they're not fungible? Yeah. Yeah. The token on a different chain is unique from the path it took to get there. So when it goes, the channel that it goes through yeah. literally like defines what the token is. Yeah. So if it, yeah, even the sequence of channels. So Juno to Osmosis to Evmos would have a different channel, different like denom than straight to Evmos and Juno. Now, to your guys' knowledge, is there anything that maybe some chains might have incorporated or something that can allow for that? Because when I was super new in Cosmos uh, and I didn't understand how IBC worked, I did exactly that. I sent like mm. DVPN Osmosis to Juno and it worked. I could sell it on Juno Swap or something like that. I forget what. Um, and then everybody told me I was like crazy. I was like you, like, you can't do that. You must be wrong to me. You must be misremembering. And I was like, okay, maybe I am. Um, but then the person I was talking with the other day was pretty adamant that they had done it too. They were like, no, I don't think the channel matters. I've sent, I think they use Kujira as an example. Like they pulled stars from Osmosis into Kujira and it worked or something. And I was like, now I really don't know. <laughs> now I've heard both sides of it and experienced both sides of it. Yeah, I think the smart contract engineers might be, I think I, IBC Denom, the way IBC Denom is hashed is based on channel. Let me look it up right now. I wouldn't. It is. Mm. Yeah. Go ahead, man. Yeah, I'm looking up. Go ahead. Now. I just, I wouldn't be surprised if you could like make a contract that like just checked them and was okay treating them as fungible. But I know that like the native IBC implementation doesn't. Like you could have like the way that like ICS seven two one with NFTs will work is that like an NFT will come in on one chain and then create a new NFT on the other chain, and it works just because you trust the contract to like keep a one to one match. And so if you had a contract that just like one-to-one -one mapped all the different versions of Juno, like you could probably 
do what you're saying, but then it would depend on like the liquidity. Of yeah, and that's just that. like not just that, a mess. Yeah, that seems problematic too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I didn't mean to derail, but um, it's kind of on topic because I am wondering, like, once you go multi-chain with Tailwind, like, what you might be like. You know, I would use Tailwind all the time if you implemented the IBC idea I just had. Once you do go uh, multi-chain, you know, if I have stars on Juno and I want to sell it on Osmosis, let me use the Tailwind UI to say mm. I want to send stars from here on Juno to Osmosis, and then in the background, what you do is you just first send it to Stargaze, then to Osmosis. I get two Kepler pop-ups, but whatever. And noobs mm-hmm. going to mine two pop-ups a lot less than losing their coins. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you could totally... Yeah, you can make it seamless yeah. for the user, for sure. With, with yeah. a couple pop-ups, yeah. Or if you have a custom wallet. That, I don't get the... Yeah. yeah. And you wouldn't need interchain account for that, right? Because you could just have it be two completely separate TXs, one on Juno and then one on Stargaze. And on your front end, you just automatically prompt them like one after the other, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or not front end, but off chain. I meant, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think from a UX perspective, the ideal the ideal solution would be one transaction, like you assign one thing, and then it would do all of that for you. Um, that would be the ideal UX solution. And I think that's what we should aim. I think that's, I think that's what ICA enabled. But I don't know. Zeke had a thing about yesterday about how ICA yeah. is kind of messed up. How it's kind of what? It's not really. Uh, it's, um, it's not. It doesn't do what people think it does so far. Um, it's currently oh, only, as far as I know, it's currently only implemented. This is from Zeke. It's currently only implemented as a wallet in a chain account. So your wallet can control the accounts on other chains, but a contract can't actually control a contract on another chain because there's no private key to sign things with. Interesting. Which is kind of defeats the purpose because you as a wallet can already sign messages on any chain. So we're kind of confused. So this is going to sound super stupid. And I know that the answer would probably be like, you'd need like a, a chain level upgrade to change something. But why is, this is going to sound so stupid. <laughs> I know that. Why is interchain account not as simple as using the memo field during IBC transfers and putting in some type of code there that gets picked up and initiates something on the other chain? Hmm. I do not know. I feel like, you don't see any glaring problems with that that I'm not seeing just because I'm not a dev. Like, it's like, what if you just coded it so whenever an IBC TX comes in, uh, you know, it looks for a certain header on the memo that users are not allowed to manually type in. It can only come from like smart contracts. And then following the header in the memo is the. Yeah, see, I see the down thumb from Jake. I'm sure there's problems <laughs> with it. I just, yeah. <laughs> that's definitely an interesting idea you have to me. Yeah, I, I have not. I not <laughs> well, it's just like, it. okay, interchain accounts is like the thing. I'm very sad to hear what you just said about Zeke. Like, interchain accounts is the thing. If that doesn't get figured out to the extent people are expecting, I don't know about this whole, like, multi-chain thing. No, like, yeah. that's that's yeah. huge. It will, it right. will it's not. It's not irreversible, right, to me? It's not irreversible. Like, they can still fix it, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. No, I'm just, I'm just thinking, like, you know, yeah, I don't know. I think it's... This is yeah. what's funny. 
so involved with tech, but not being a dev is I have all these ideas that I'm like, sounds good to me, but I'm sure there's massive holes with it. <laughs> Even when you're a dev, you know, you have to act like, I don't know anything about internet accounts. I'm kind of just repeating what it seems like other people have been saying recently. But you have to actually really look in depth about it to even get, it, especially with IBC and all this new blockchain stuff. Like it's like, it's not well documented and it's just like a bunch of go code to dig through. And it's just, you have to really drill down into everything you want to know anything about. Um, I think it will be fixed though. Like, yeah, interchain accounts is like not very useful without contracts. So the fact that we want to have an interchain future means that we will build contracts into it eventually. Yeah. I like, I mean, the fact that the interchain contracts can exist means that interchain accounts can exist. Like the fact that ICS72N was built means that you could just do that. Right. Like, Clearly, two um, contracts can talk to each other. It might just be a slightly more involved process to set that up, or someone has to wrap it correctly in Cosmosm or something. Cool. Um, apologies for that diversion. I can bring it back to Tailwind here. <laughs> <laughs> um, on your chart, Bow, I think there's some cool stuff you could do there. Um, like... I don't know if this would be the default or maybe a toggle option people can pick, but right now it's very uh, like specific and literal, but not super like web three and polished and pretty to look at, like adding a little smoothing might be cool so that it's like a, you know, a smooth line uh, like we've seen on a lot of the more, I don't even know what I'm looking for. Some like web three platforms that try and be less specific with their data, but more pretty. Um, but also I saw something from the Terra world that I actually do really like. And it's the way Astroport does charts where it shows you a price line for both of the assets that you're swapping between. Now their big problem is they share a Y axis. Y axis. So if you're swapping between something that's worth like a hundred bucks and a dollar, the chart is useless because the dollar one is tiny and shrunk down. But if you just use the left and right Y axis for each coin and like color them, apparently it, I, I thought it was super cool. Um, like when I saw it on Astroport, I was like, oh, this is what I want. Like, especially when you're trading coins that values fluctuate all the time. Like one's not necessarily stable. No, that's a great idea. I think I've checked out the Astroport UI. And honestly, I pin all the UIs into like a document I have so I can get inspiration. So anyone that has feedback or ideas, just like send me it. Uh, but yeah, I, I am aware of the Asport UI. Um, yeah, I think it, I think it's good for like certain use cases, definitely. And I'm definitely only talking about the two price lines on the chart. I'm not as big a fan of the Astroport UXs as other, or UI as other people. Yeah, I think the the thing about UI is that you kind of get used to it. Um, like it builds like this habit, like wiring in your brain. So it's like, if it's like long-term useful and you come back to it repeatedly, it will become like the thing that you, this is just the thing that you feel like most comfortable with, you know, like, um, yeah. It's just a point. Guess, like that. Yeah, no, totally. Um, I guess actually like if I could pick your brains, all three of you, Jacob back up. Um, because we we were talking about possibly implementing this double price thing on some stuff we're building uh, over at UMI. And there was kind of some disagreement of whether it was helpful or not. 
Um, some people saying like, why, why do I really care about that when I could just see either like the ratio between those two coins or the one I'm swapping into as a USD chart by itself? Um, yeah, before I even give my like, what do you guys think? Is that even helpful to have both assets price on, on you know, visible at once? So if you're swapping between Juno and Osmo, you'd have a chart that has price lines for both Juno and Osmo denominated in USD. Wait, Timmy, uh, ta- do you check out the Tailwind UX? It already has USDC price for both tokens. Right, hold on. So, yeah, let me pull it up. Well, let me do it on the desktop. Actually, I haven't checked out your mobile UI yet. How's how's that looking? I'll definitely do that in a second, but... Yeah, mobile, I ha- I'm not supporting it yet. Just I'm just starting out minimal. Oh. Just browsers right now. Gotcha. Okay. So let me go... Yeah, everyone... Uh, contacts for the new people joining in. Um, you can do a swap if you have a Kepler browser wallet, um, and that it, it's the only place where there's portfolio tr- indexing, transaction indexing, and uh, holdings in those in one place. So what I'm suggesting or actually asking you guys if it would even be helpful at all um because i've seen some disagreement in my own circles is basically combining the two tabs so right now you have so like right now i'm looking at a juno to netta swap and so my default chart is juno denominated in netta like i think that's good that should stay um but then the next two tabs are juno price and netta price and I think that could just be one tab that's like USD prices. And on the same chart, you have lines for both of the assets so that at a glance, you can compare them. Because when I look at the ratio chart, for example, um, Ju- uh, what's happening here? Netta is going down against Juno. Um, but I don't know if that's because they're both going up and Juno's going up more or if because one's staying still and the other's moving. But if I can see like both of their USD price movements on a chart together, I feel like it gives me a little bit more insight as a trader. But I've heard opposite. So, yeah, I'm just curious what you guys think. Just look at Astroport's chart if you can't picture what I'm trying to explain. Got it. No, I, I, I see what you're saying now. Like you personally, Bao, do you, do you find any use in that, really? I think that that's something for, like, um, I think, you know, there's going to be, like, a more pro tier, and that's something that would fit nicely in the pro tier. Um, for, uh, for, like, simple simplicity, I think that's, like, more of an advanced feature rather than, like, a... Um, you know, first user feature because it would kind of be overwhelming and first start. Um, and I think about. Oh, go ahead, Timmy. Yeah. No, no, I say I actually totally agree. Like, I, I, I don't know if I knew you were kind of doing two different tiered things. That would definitely fit as a like pro bonus thing. Noobs would, might get confused at what they're looking at. Right. Okay. So more about uh, the roadmap. I am. It's you know I didn't launch this just to make like revenue on trading fees that's not what i want trading fees are just there to build the pro tiers 
and what's exciting about the pro tiers is that like you were perfectly aligned right like if you take commission you're gonna people want you're gonna want people to trade but if you take a subscription you actually care if they make money or not um and i think the pro tier subscription base tier will waive all fees all trading fees and it'll give you access to more advanced features like what timmy is talking about and more advanced data and um yeah just like way more tooling basically by the way coinbase does not show you cost basis and neither do the big exchanges i think you know they might not be plotting something but i think there's a very there's a there's a reason why they don't show you your cost basis um i think they want you to trade and trading might not be the best for you that's very interesting yeah it's the little things yeah definitely i think they make like something like 74 dollars per user in terms of trading fees on average and you know there's a lot of like i remember when there was a bear market and they started there was like a big article about how they shut down their notification service so that people don't know that like so that people like don't oh, know that their coins are going I down i heard about that yeah um but stuff like that is very weird when you make money per commission like yeah, I think I think the really the future really is subscription based finance rather than fee based finance because I think fees doesn't align doesn't align with the goals of your your customers. Does anyone have any questions? I you know feel free to give feedback and questions by requesting to speak. Um, yeah, this is an open it's an open fireside. Jake, do you have anything to say? Are you still working on the? Uh... Oh, I accidentally muted everybody again. Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. Corp. Uh, um, it's a it's a busy day. Uh, but I just gotta say, just shipping, just stay focused. I think I think this is like you know potentially a really cool cool thing. Uh, I think it looks really sweet so far. So yeah, just keep going. Um, get feedback from people. Ask them what they want. Build them what they want. It's yeah. So congrats for you know shipping something and like excited for the future. Val, we should um. Hey, we ship. Val, I got I got a bunch of uh, a bunch of Joes sitting around. Maybe we do something where every week, like we give away an NFT, and we can start with Joe's to someone who comes in with a good, like, feature suggestion or uh, like a big piece of feedback on something you've already built. I think this like weekly update thing is really cool, um, but I feel like we can add a little bit more to it. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. I think I've been like hypothesizing about how to get people to swap like just to try it out and honestly mm -hmm. i think i think my hypothesis is just people love free stuff and that's exactly what they need just like free stuff yeah yeah like yeah the barrier to entry you have right now i think is a very simple one it's just having tailwind come up in people's mind first when they need to make a swap on juno um 
and like every little bit helps with something when it's like kind of that low barrier to entry even just having them have played with it once because they wanted to be able to come and give some feature suggestions and maybe win an NFT. Even just that one little bit, they've at least been on the UI. They're familiar with what it is. Their browser will autofill it if they start like typing enough letters similar because they've been there before. So I think little things like that could be huge. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, I don't know. Has anyone been caught up with like the Twitter API stuff? Like they're, they're charging a lot for their API, so it's going to be harder for do Twitter like marketing. So many, so much, like two hundred something dollars for five hundred hits. Right, it just That's killed crazy. like half of its. Wait, yeah. so can you guys break it down for me? Because I did see about this, but I haven't looked into it at all. I just saw it's a thing that they're like changing up everything about their API, and it, what is it? The end of this month. I'm not sure. Yeah, I haven't looked that deep into it. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I presumably within the next month. I saw it because somebody, some cosmonaut did like uh, remind me of this bot post on something the other day that was like, remind me of this in six months. And someone replied, they're like, reminder, this notification will stop working at the end of this month when Twitter does XYZ with APIs. Starting February 9th. Oh, so not the end of the month. Very soon here. <laughs> really, really soon. Oh, my God. Okay. Elon's justification I mean, is honestly, that it's Twitter being abused be by bots. Elon's just... He doesn't... <laughs> as much as I can criticize Elon, I don't know if he needs justification because they need to make some fucking money or we're losing this app. <laughs> Let's all be honest. Yeah. Dude, I, that's... Feels like one of those things that are too big to fail. Like, will the, will the government bail out Twitter if it can't succeed? <laughs> like, someone, someone gets a lot of value out of user data and stuff. I figure. I don't know. Though. That's so interesting. Geez, imagine a government. Imagine a government bail. Not actually. Uh, yeah. yeah, that'd be crazy. <laughs> no, where the stipulation was like, we get all the data. <laughs> But we lost we lost Bao for a second there, but got him back. Yeah, oops. Um, no, I actually think... Yeah, I don't know. I think Twitter being this stupid is a great time for you to build decentralized social media. Um, it's just such a good opportunity right now because like, there's so much platform risk on these big social media that I think it's going to like, spawn like really cool startups. Yeah, Jake and Noah. I don't know if you guys have insight, but can I ask a tough question? You can try. Is uh is Howell dead in the water? What's what's going on with Howell? I'm not. Does anyone know? I know you guys aren't on the team. Yeah, I have no idea. Okay. I don't think it's dead in the water. I just think that like whenever like you know. Unfortunately, like timing is a lot in the market and, you know, sometimes price goes down a lot and then certain teams like have to like other part-time jobs and then that like slows down. But I can tell they're still planning to ship it. They're still excited about it, but you know, it's definitely been super fucking delayed. Oh, okay, cool. I'm a patient, man. I don't mind waiting, especially for quality. I just didn't know if there was still uh, 
you know, develop. I, I, I think they could they could take a little page out of Bao's book and just like put something out there, you know. Um, but you know, is is Callum still involved at all? Because I could reach out to him and and like offer to help them do this kind of thing or something. Me and him were. I mean, yeah, close, reach out. I haven't I talked to him. Definitely, definitely now. can't help. I I would love to see you. More, more. He used to he used to be a, around a, a ton. So I reach out to Callum. Cool. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that. I think I have his number actually. All right. Well, I might um I might hop off here. I don't know. If there's anything else you wanted to cover, Bow, before I dip, but I think this was a good one. Yeah, I think it was good. We covered some stuff. Um, does anyone have any questions? Feel free to come up, ask questions, join the Discord. No questions, but I do see a comment on the space. Uh, whale dots that's hearing these guys talk makes me super bullish on Juno. Damn right. This is what crypto is all about. That's right. Um, yeah, actually, someone posted a Reddit um, post when I launched, and it was like the comments were exactly that. You know, it's really exciting. I think I think Cosmowasm is the tipping point of adoption for Cosmos. It's really incredible tech, and uh, I got converted in the depths of the bear market. So you know, it's not like it's not like bull goggles. You know, like yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm super excited for Cosmoasm stuff and IBC. Dude, also a shout out to you three since you're all devs and like dev minded people. I think there's a lot of people in my position who like are tech savvy, but not necessarily full devs. And so the the point where I got super bullish on Cosmoasm and Rust is where my friend explained to me just what WebAssembly is, uh, like normal Wasm. And then before I even got to the Web3 part of it, I was like, oh, shit, this is cool. Okay. And then with Rust, like, I don't know. I guess, yeah, I, I think one of you, maybe like Jake, someone actually explained it to me, but just, oh, I don't want to butcher it now. Now I feel like I'm on the spot, but how it's very, like, deterministic compared to Solidity um, in that it, oh, Zeke is the one that explained it really well to me. He was like, it doesn't let you be a bad coder or... How did how did he phrase it? Do you know what I'm talking about, Noah? Where Rust like doesn't yeah. allow mistake through. So even if yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how he phrases it. I'm sure he has a really clean um, statement for it. But yeah, it it really forces you. But yeah, it does not let you break the rules. And if you do break the rules, it's like really obvious and scary. <laughs> yeah, and then like WebAssembly, just the way my friend explained it to me as a dummy is just. Browsers can now take advantage of your computer hardware. Um, and I haven't still fully calculated how that applies to like Cosmosm and like Web3 stuff, but yeah, that, that's just like cool enough that I was like, oh, that's what we're building off of in Cosmos? Cosmos? I'm yeah, so Wasm, Wasm is just a virtual machine. So, you know, like the EDM, that's a virtual machine. You take a yeah. you take some code and you compile it to what's called bytecode. That's like the raw computer format, and it runs inside this virtual machine. But WebAssembly is also virtual virtual machine. The great thing about WebAssembly is it's way faster by like a fuck ton, and it's way more performant, so you can do a lot more compute. Uh, it's been highly it's very safe as well because it's been designed to like run in browsers and stuff. Um, but like the big advantage is like tons of languages compiled to WebAssembly. 
You don't have to like learn like a whole new language. Uh, oh. All these weird fucking quirks. Yeah. Like if you already know Rust, if you already know Go, if you already know Scala, or if you already know C++, like these languages all compile oh, to WebAssembly. So, so that's just, really the big appeal. Yeah, one, we've just upped the potential amount of developers we could hire by a thousand X. Yeah, okay. So does then the, the part of like WebAssembly being more able to tap into your computer's hardware, that's not as much applicable in Cosmos and Web3? I'm sure it comes into play, but it's not like the shining feature well, of it. I think, you know, the performance is a shining feature of it. Like uh, WebAssembly is really, really, really fast and can do a lot more than uh, Solidity can in terms of like compute power. But I don't get like, so from my dumb understanding of WebAssembly, it's that if I'm on a website in my browser, it can run way faster and stronger because it's tapping into my computer's hardware. But when I'm on a website for like a Web3 thing, all that compute isn't going on inside my browser. It's going on on the chain. So like, yeah. Is that understanding even accurate so far? Well, Cosmosm doesn't really have anything to do with your browser today. Like, yeah, Cosmosm is good for different reasons that Wasm is good. Um, it's not yeah, really okay. on your computer. Yes. Yeah, yeah Timmy, it's just you can run the WebAssembly virtual machine any on any computer. Um, and browsers use WebAssembly. They don't use it yet. Um, but eventually, WebAssembly is separate technology created so that you can write any language on your browser. So it's just not TypeScript and JavaScript, um, and it's super fast. So like, it's a it's a technology that can be used in multiple places. And Cosmowasm is one place they used it. I think like gotcha. Like high level philosophical take is like we made like computers and we made a bunch of different operating systems, and they all have their own different like you know languages that actually run on the operator like x86 and arm we have laptop we yep. have Macs, we have windows we have all, all these things um and so they all have their own versions of assembly or, or whatever that run on the hardware and then web assembly the web is like the unifying platform and now the web has its own low level language that can run on your processor and so because it's like each each like each browser will translate that to your native architecture or whatever yeah. So now we have this common, like, yeah, assembly language that, that all computers yeah. kind of can unify over, which is what the web is kind of supposed to do. And then so where does Rust play in? Isn't Cosmosm, like, based on Rust? Or Rust something? is a language or... that compiles into WebAssembly um, in Rust. You could write okay, it's one of the Cosmosm in many languages, but, you know, if you're not writing them in Got Rust, it. it's kind of like, <laughs> why? Why bother? Gotcha. For smart contracts, because okay, well, like that... you kind of know what I was saying earlier, there's all these safety checks. Like the compiler just yells at you. Yeah. Yeah, I want to remember how Zeke phrased it because it was very elegant. It was like, uh, it doesn't wrong. let. It's like, code and run, have it run. And it's like, no, the Rust compiler is like, have to write good code. Like you can't just like do whatever yeah. the fuck you want, like in JavaScript. So, yeah, there was um, when I was in college, you know, and that was like five years, six years ago. Um, that's so it's not crazy long ago, but they were teaching like there's 
it's either manual memory management or garbage collection. And Rust really turned that teaching upside down. Like that's just wrong. Like you can have like safety, memory safety without garbage collection. And that was like insane, an insane innovation that makes it um, really cool for like, I think systems devs. Well, Bao, I apologize for commandeering your space, but I very much appreciate you guys enlightening me on this stuff. Yeah, no, thank you for helping, Timmy. There's um, there's one other thing about Wasm that I think is worth mentioning. Um, <laughs> just that um, eventually, doubt I will have you know, private DAOs, private voting, all this stuff based on like the recent zero knowledge math that's being developed and tested. And there's this one. I don't even know what to call it. I'm not. I'm not that knowledgeable about this. But there's this one form of how you can build these proofs, um, these these zero knowledge proofs and systems and, and circuits. I think they're called by writing Rust and compiling it. Um, and because Rust can compile into into Wasm, we can take like the zero knowledge like circuit code thing and then run that in the browser. So smart contract devs who want to like do zero knowledge stuff with smart contracts, can write it in Rust, and then we can just take that exact same code and compile it to Wasm and then run it with like with JavaScript, with TypeScript, whatever on the data front end. So both systems can actually take advantage of the same language to do all this crazy math shit. Which is absolutely insane. Bullish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah is so ahead of its time and you know it takes a while to build up all the applications and stuff but look how fucking fast we're moving like between like june thousand miles and applications like it's pretty it's pretty awesome it took way longer for this shit to happen with there was like nothing except for like ico tooling yeah, it's insane how far the Cosmos space has come in. I mean, even the year since Juno launched, like, I don't know, like 15 months ago or something, like crazy shit has been built. <laughs> yeah. I actually have to get going, guys. People I have to go home. do a thing. Yeah. Yeah, I got a dip too. Um, wow, this has been great. Um, my good to spin the space down on the Tailwind account. Yes, everybody. Thank you for joining in. Um, we're going to close the space. Thanks for listening and do a swap on Tailwind. Yeah. And then join us next week. Same same time. Yeah. Next week for sure. We're going to ship. Never stop shipping. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was the Tailwind launch fireside part two recorded on Friday, February 3rd, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Now, if you want to keep listening, head on over to terraspaces.org slash donate and show some support now. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep your hands off when the play is
is a bust Plain old and just So we keep it on the one Blast off on the two Help me see the three Third eye open wide Checking out the scene Razor beam focus Star scream jokers Living off the fat Of the people they approach Tell me what happens When the land fights back With the cliffs at our backs Make the last stand matter No one ever planned For the famine on deck We was walking all erect With the dead man swagger Sitting in a little den vision in the middle men Listen to the fiddle man Play a little ditty then Talk about how All the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze Trying to make the next Bubba-billion Talk about how All the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze Trying to make the next Bubba-billion Little Dan envisioning the middle men Listen to the fiddle man Play a little ditty then Talk about how All the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze Trying to make the next No one gave a shit Till the drugs all dried up Everybody died From a bad batch of Lysol But it didn't matter We was all hyped up When the pedal lit the metal He just didn't have the right skill Watched in the daytime Till the night curfew Rats in a cage Till they make time to murk you Got a little job That falls under my purview We gotta get this mob Away from the Birds view, gotta find cover, wipe off the bird poop, ride off the work while you try on the worst juice. Blinded by perps who try to reverse truth, slide like Fox News, just trying to lie to you. Eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants. I can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis. Mock up a basement, could call me resilient. Waiting for the internet to make me a billion. In the middle men Listen to the fiddle man Play a little ditty then Talk about how All the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze Trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Talk about how All the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze Trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Terror spaces